to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. Um, we're going to all stand up together. And we're going to, can you just put Psalm 23 up there? So we're, we're, we're entering into this conversation about this psalm. We're going to read the entire thing. It's only six verses, so don't, just relax, okay? So let's just open our hearts and our minds to this because this is just the mode we want to be in for this next 15, 20 minutes, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We'll stand up again later. It'll be like Jesus aerobics. So, And sanctify. Um, sorry. Um, literally, this is just satanic. I hate that. It literally stopped working right now, so I'll just pull it up here. That's fine. I don't really need my notes anyway. I can wing it. Just kidding. Um, so if you've never heard that psalm before, it's, it's just like a famous psalm, especially in, in Christian circles and Jewish circles, because it's just so beautiful. It's like, who wouldn't want that? I want to lie down by quiet waters. I want the Lord to be my shepherd. And, and we kind of believe it's almost like a, it's also a description of your life. Like as you, you first kind of enter into God's kingdom, it's just wonderful. And then you go through a time of not so wonderful. And then you end up being wonderful always. So it's kind of like a metaphor for the life we live on earth. It's also kind of a reminder of our daily lives. Like we come to him, we, we, we come to him in comfort. We come to him in times of plenty. We come to him in times of darkness and death. And we, we still go to him. And I, I mean, I've polled a lot of people about this. And so I don't know if you experienced this too. A lot of friends and acquaintances that I've talked to recently experienced this thing called life. I don't know if that has hit any of you yet. It's going around, so don't worry, it'll come. But um, life comes and it sucks. I mean, I've had my share of problems, believe it or not. Shocking, I know, because I'm speaking to you, so I must have it all together. Um, what I find myself doing, though, is I, I kind of, I'm looking for someone else who's going to give me the answer, right? That's just natural. Even if it's like a pastor or my wife or a friend or, or wise counsel, I just find, you know, it's natural to reach out. And I kind of, um, 
you know, like if, if I need help with something specific, like if I want to grow muscle and I'm, I'm going to, it's my boy Josh in the back there because Josh knows what he's talking about with fitness and health. So if I wanted to do something financial, I might talk to Juan or somebody that I view as successful. If I wanted to talk about um, a good marriage, I might talk to somebody that's been married a long time, right? It's just, it's a natural thing. But what I also find is that I don't really like to do what they suggest a lot of the time because that's not what I really want. What I really want is to be comforted right then. I don't really want to actually fix the problem. I just don't want to deal with the pain of the problem. So... I want whatever's going to, you know, make my life easier, more successful, increase my freedom, make me more comfortable. And I look for somebody to guide me into a path that takes my pain away. But I'm still, I still want the life that I want, right? But I also just want to take my pain away. So I find myself in this space, looking down the barrel of a dark valley and going, I like the green pastures, you know? So... I mean, everybody can sort of relate to that, right? If you, you know, if you can't, then please, let's switch places. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I've been a Christian for some time, and sacrifice is kind of part of what we believe. It's just something Jesus did. He gave it all. He went onto the cross. He, he followed God, even though it cost him his whole life. And for us, we believe here in this community, God just doesn't call us to a mediocre life. He calls us to a life of his kingdom and, and his goodness, and that he honors our choices and that in that he sometimes calls us to change and change kind of always is uncomfortable, especially when you're being called to be more like Jesus. Yee, that's really uncomfortable. And, and he doesn't require the discomfort, right? It's not like he wants us to just be super uncomfortable. Like I feel like Richard Dawkins, if you're familiar with him or like some of these famous atheists, like their view of God is it's somewhat understandable because they read all the stuff that God's people go through in the Bible and they're like, dude, God's the worst. Like this guy is off. Like how did they get lost in a desert the size of like Rhode Island for 40 years? You know what I mean? Like there's kind of this thing. And, and uh, to be honest, I feel that way sometimes. I am sometimes going like, I don't really know what's going on. And so what I do is I, is, <laughs> I mean, I take, well, this is an embarrassing story. I mean, I, I, do you guys remember when the lottery was like almost $2 billion last year? I certainly do because I was very invested in winning this thing. <laughs> and I mean one ticket. But I literally thought, I'm like, I'm going to win this thing. And when I win it, here's what I'm going to do. And I wrote down like a plan. And I'm not a planner, but I was just thinking about like, oh man, dude, I'm going to buy people's mortgages and I'm not going to tell them. And then I'm going to send them weird cryptic letters that say like, whoa, you're behind on your payments. They're like, psych, I paid the whole thing off. You know, so that's how weird I am. But like, I was just thinking about all the joy I could spread. But I really, and this was so funny because I remember Jeremy Whaley, uh, a wonderful man, called me and we were just checking in, having a conversation. I said, can I confess something? I'm embarrassed. I really wanted to win the lottery. I didn't think that I did until I didn't win. And then I was really kind of bummed. And that pain is, is not like, that's because I was reaching for something that was just not really going to happen, right? And I don't know that that would have even been good for me. Of course, all my intentions were amazing. If I shared that list with you, you'd be like, dude, he should have won. I would have been blessed, right? He doesn't require us to suffer because he, he likes it. He requires us to deny ourselves right? Me not winning was a form of denying myself that I think you can kind of see a little easier because I'm not a billionaire, you know? 
And, but we do that with God. We kind of look like, why didn't you let me win the lottery? My life would have been so much easier if I had won the lottery. I would have been living in those green pastures, lying down by that water the rest of my days, and everybody would have been coming with me in my sweet new mansion. And I get it, God. It's like, you, okay, you want us to follow you and trust you. Okay, but I kind of want to try this guru or, you know, if you want me to walk through the fire, I'm going to see who's selling a flame-proof jacket first so that I can kind of prepare. And what we do is, is we mix in all these things that, that are seeming to bring us into a place of comfort and seeming to bring us into a place of blessing, and we mix it just a little bit with Jesus. And you know what you get? A supercharged version of life. No. You get this weird chimera with like different parts sticking off that don't work together. And you know the word I use for that? Religion. That's when we cobble together our own series of beliefs trying to please God and trying to make ourselves comfortable. When you're being led by five different things, it's the same as being led by nothing. Even if they're all pointing in sort of the same direction, you're still going to be pulled here and there. And if you think of actual sheep in an actual field somewhere, somewhere in the sweet by and by, this is happening as we speak. There is a man with his sheep in a field, right? And if they listen to anything other than the shepherd they're by definition being misled, right? Anything, even if it's another sheep that's saying, look over here, when the shepherd says, go over there. Even if we look at what, what wonderful things a sheep might discover, look at all this grass I found, look at this wonderful stream, and you go, oh my gosh. And to an extent, right, the shepherd wants the sheep to be healthy and happy, so he's not controlling the sheep, but the sheep are being misled if they follow anything other than him. Why? Because he knows what's coming. He knows if there's a wolf. He knows the terrain. He knows if the rains are going to come. He knows what's going to happen if, if those conditions arrive. And if you're in the wrong spot, it's not good. So even if it's comfortable, even if it looks good, you're being, you can be misled even by something like that. It's like, you know, <laughs> come on, sheep, we're going through the dark valley. And we're like, nah, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. That was so dumb. Um, what happens is following Jesus causes pain. Denying yourself causes pain. Living this life causes pain. And I, I can't relate to that shepherd in the field as like an actual job. But what I, what I think of when I think of a shepherd and when I think of this psalm is, all right, what is a shepherd's job? It's pretty much to make good sheep. And sheep, you know, we're kind of a commodity. I'm not comparing us to that. I'm just saying, how would you measure a shepherd? Because he makes good sheep, right? How would you find a good sheep? Find a good shepherd. Does that make sense? At least that's what I think. I'd have to talk to some shepherds. But um, I'm sure they don't sprout from the ground. I'm sure sheep aren't just like, well, here we go. We're ready to go. I'm perfect. My wool is fleecy white. I'm ready to be, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'm never going to wander away. They have to be shepherded. And at this point, a lot of us 
are hear, you're hearing what I'm saying. Maybe you're, you're nodding along and you're like, I get it. That makes sense. I want to be led by quiet waters. I want to do this thing. So what do I have to do? What do I have to do? We start looking at other sheep. We start looking at other things. How can I get involved? What do I have to do? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what this sheep is doing. This sheep's standing up. This sheep is giving a, a seminar on how to be a good sheep. This sheep over here is giving me uh, three ways to grow grass faster in your backyard. <laughs> this sheep over here is telling you the best place to leave your waste behind so that it doesn't get in your food. Okay. Some of us are going, I've been coming to church my whole life. I've been going to group. I've been doing what I, I'm supposed to be doing because I'm looking around and this is what people that I want to be like are doing. I've even been tithing. What gives? If we zoom in on this verse in this uh, Psalm 23, the, the, this translation says, he restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Well, there you go. God's so selfish. See, even his leading me is all about him. Yes, but not that, not that way. See, God is not interested in ruling over you and having you follow yourself because he doesn't want you to die. He doesn't want you to live a less than abundant life. He doesn't want you to do that. And guess what? He says it's for his name's sake because he's the good shepherd. And what a good shepherd make? Good sheep. And so he is actually attaching his name to your state of blessedness, not your, your material wealth. I'm talking about your spiritual health, your life. He's literally saying, my sheep are being led in the right way for my sake because I'm capable of taking care of these sheep. So the Lord is saying to you this morning, he is the only one capable of getting you to the place where your loving and kindness follows you forever. He's the only one capable of getting you through the valley. He's the only one capable of lying you down, restoring your soul because he's the good shepherd. He's not at all trying to take credit because he's selfish. He's saying, I am more wise. I am stronger. I am more patient. I am more loving. I am more kind. I am more knowledgeable about what lies before you. And I am so confident in my ability to lead you through it that I refuse to let you be led by anything else that will lead you to death. Because his desire is to make sheep that are well-rested, full, that are healthy, that are wonderfully following him and happy to do so. That they trust in him because he will lead me through this. Now, a lot of us take that information and we still, well, that must be nice for David to write this about being a shepherd when he was the king. <laughs> trust me, this guy had a lot of problems, but that's beside the point. In Matthew chapter 11, 28, Jesus said this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what was the message of Jesus? Come to me and if you're following me, I will make your life and your burden light. He didn't say it'd be easy or trouble-free because he's inviting you into a space where he is in control and he is in charge so that by when we surrender, we actually get peace because it doesn't matter because if we judge our lives only by our outside circumstances, that's an inadequate measure for our blessedness and our, and our health. Jesus is inviting us into a place where we measure our lives based on him and his goodness and his leading us. And so a lot of you still probably wondering, what do I do? How do I get that? What do, how, okay, what new thing do I have to start? You don't. What you only have to do is recognize who has actually been your shepherd up until now. Who has been leading you? Who has been guiding you? Who is making the decisions for you? Who is influencing you? Because I assure you, God is the one who is saying, I will restore everything that was taken from you. I will vindicate you. I will get back what has been taken. I will fight for you. If you will only follow me, even when it looks scary, I will be the one to get what you need. I will be the one to provide for you. I will be the one to fight that battle. I will be the one to be your father. I will be the one to be your provision. So stop following that shepherd. Start following me. You don't have to do anything, but you might have to let go and it might hurt and it might be really hard. But I can only assure you, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, forever. (laughs) So I want to read this psalm again to you. Maybe you'll hear the little difference that I'm going to make. See if you can spot it. I am my shepherd. I live in scarcity. I make myself worry over finding sleep. So I stay up anxious, unable to leave exposed and noisy places. I wring my soul dry, seeking that which will satisfy. I guide myself, hoping that I'm on the right path for my sake. I walk through the valley of death and dying and I hope that the reaper will save me. For I am alone. All evil terrifies me, but I make my bed in their land. I prepare a table for myself in the presence of goodness, but I eat only of spoiled food. not trusting the delights the Lord sets before me. My very thoughts chase it away. Surely anxiety and fear will chase me down all through my life 
and I will dwell in the exposed places forever. That's not the Lord. That is not his will. And this call, it may sound severe what I'm talking to you, but I'm actually trying to encourage you to reach for life because God, is, his desire is to lie you down in quiet places by a quiet stream to restore your soul, to make sure you never feel anxious again, to make sure you never feel alone again, to make sure you never feel like you're gonna lack provision again. That's his desire. He just says, you know what? You can't chase it that way. You can't do it that way. You just have to come to me because I will do it. I will make your burden light. He's so good. He's so good that even when you walk through the valley, if you follow him long enough, you should stop fearing because you start to be confident in him. I don't care how many wolves come. He's got a rod and a staff. They're my comfort. I don't care where we're going because I know his goodness and mercy will follow me the rest of my days for all eternity. That's what I'm inviting you to this morning. That's what Jesus is inviting you to this morning. To rest, to stop striving. Because trust me, I've been there. I've been there a million times where I'm going, what am I, how am I not doing enough? I'm up here on stage all the time. Do you think I always want to be there? Sorry, I don't want to spoil it, but... I don't always want to be there. Sometimes I want to sleep in and watch football. I don't even watch football. <laughs> I hate football. I'm just going to say that. That's another hot take. <sighs> Would you stand? Oh, Jesus, thank you. Just hold your hands out right now. We're just going to take five minutes to just respond. We're not in a rush, okay? Everybody, breathe. Quiet your heart. We speak silence over the flesh and the world and the devil. Just be quiet. May your voice, Jesus, be the only one left. I'm just going to read this psalm over you, the real psalm, don't worry. And I want you to just reflect on this and invite the Lord. If he highlights something for you in this, just ask him, Lord, what is it you're trying to say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul.
Father, I just ask right now, you just speak to us, God. Speak to us in this moment. Speak to us in this time. Speak to us about where we have gone awry with just following the wrong thing. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to strive. But I pray we would lift our head up when we hear our name being called by you, the Prince of Peace, the Good Shepherd. May all the hearts in this room be fertile soil. May all the worries that are not related to following you, Lord, be like dull, uninteresting background noise. May your face shine. Just take one more minute and just check in. Just invite the Lord into this space. can have a seat. Thank you for hearing me and I just want to leave you with this last thought. We're out early. You can get to Applebee's with plenty of time. (laughs) It's really, really crucial that we be the, the people who can find the difference between striving and following. It's really crucial because our world, it doesn't need a bunch of people who follow a religion. It doesn't. It doesn't need nice people. It needs people who know the shepherd. And then your job is so easy. You see someone that needs rescue and you just go, there's Jesus. I'll walk with you. I'll take you to him. He will make all things new. That's all we have to do, guys. And it's not easy, but it is simple. Follow the good shepherd. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.